perfect. No. <laughs> I was trying to catch it before you did it. Blah, 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 one thing you might notice about this episode that's a little different than the 17 before this one is I'm doing it alone. So um, Mr. Bones has Divided by Werewolves. And when I started this, it was going to be a guest thing where I would have different people joining me on the podcast. And then, you know, coronavirus happened. So we were quarantined and there were... Is a little harder to get other people on. Um, but as we move forward, I'm going to start doing it a little differently where it's um, me with other people occasionally. Um, that way we can have a little more regular regularity. Why are words hard? Um, because it's a lot to ask somebody who already has a podcast that talks about similar things that I do on this one to basically repeat themselves sometimes. Um, so that's kind of how it's going to be a little bit moving forward. Um, occasionally I will have some guests just to talk about like why they love horror movies. I, that, that's been kind of planned for a while and um, different aspects of the kind of people who become horror fans and that kind of stuff. Also, like, people who like video games. Like, it's going to be a lot of stuff. Um, but it'll just pick up from where the original idea started before Corona Apocalypse happened. So, I also have a secondary podcast that deals with a lot of, like, woohoo, hippy-dippy stuff with two of my friends and it's called the unsouthern bell. So I'm doing this and that, but they're very different. Um, but sometimes there's some overlap. So if you like the woohoo hippy dippy stuff, you should check that one out too. Um, so for this episode, I'm going to talk about a couple of movies that I watched, um, since the new year has started. Uh, the first one is We Need to Do Something. It came out in 2021, and it was directed by Sean King O'Grady. stars Vanessa Shaw. If you think that sounds familiar, she's the love interest from Hocus Pocus. And it took me a while to realize that she's the mom in this movie, but like I knew I knew her from somewhere, and it was Hocus Pocus. Uh, Pat Healy plays the dad in this movie, and... Oh, he's, I don't know if it's, it's not the actor. This is going to sound horrible, but there's just something about him that is so creepy to me. Um, and I'm sure he's a wonderfully nice man, but I, I can't get over it. Just, he's, he's a little, a little creepy. Um, but this movie starts out, there's a storm and, a couple and their two children, their teenage daughter and their 
preteen son, I'm going to say he's like eight or nine, um, run to the bathroom of their family home to wait out the storm in the safest place they can. Um, there's obviously some tension between the parents, and they seem to have been in an argument. The daughter is typical teenage daughter. She, you know, is super annoyed by everyone. And the son is kind of like an annoying eight-year-old. Like, it is what it is. But they become trapped in this bathroom during the storm because a tree falls on the house. They can't get out. And then crazy shit happens. Like, it seemed like it was such a long movie and it wasn't. But then it also seemed like it was over really quickly. I don't know how else to explain it. There's a lot of um, weird stuff that doesn't really get explained, but doesn't really have to, in my opinion. I like the the way it kind of leaves it to your imagination. That's always been a really big thing for me. So there's there's some stuff that... As someone who is pagan and has been that way since I was, like, 14, when it talks about the witchy stuff and, like, bringing in the darkness, that kind of was just like, ugh, really? We're, we're doing this? It's 2021. But okay. That's fine. You brought a demon or whatever. Um, but the daughter, you know, has played in the dark magic and... The creepy stuff, the scary stuff is is very good to me. The movie overall was was decent. Um, I don't know, like the dad and the kid just really got under my skin. I, I don't I don't really like children. It's been well established. Um, so sometimes kids get on my nerves. And this one was no exception. He was, yeah. It wasn't particularly scary, uh, but there was some stuff that was pretty cool. And the dad, I can't get over it. Like, he was so intensely weird and aggressive, but looks like he should would never actually be aggressive. Like, he looks like the kind of person that would just be, like, super docile, and he's not. But overall... I would say it was a pretty decent movie. Um, I'm not going to rate. I don't rate movies here. It's just not what I do. But just for some of the creepy things that happen, like it's, it's pretty good for a watch. Like if, you know, you've got a little bit of time to spare. But the next one was a lot different than I thought it would be. And it's called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and it's from 2020. Uh, directed by Charlie Kaufman, which you might know from being John Malkovich or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I was actually very impressed with the fact that after watching this movie, that's kind of the vibe I got, was that very cerebral, like, the deep thought that it kind of leaves you with afterwards I was like I felt like that about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind which I actually didn't watch until a year or so ago 
And of course, I love that movie. Like, it's an amazing movie. But I think every time I tried to watch it before, I would get sidetracked, which I'm known to do uh, if I'm not medicated. And I had no idea what was going on. So one day I sat down and actually watched the movie and loved it. And then when I watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things, it has a similar feeling to both of those other movies, like the previous movies. Like, it definitely puts you in your head a little bit. And it's Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons um, are the stars of, of this movie. Jesse Plemons is Jake and Jesse Buckley is his girlfriend that as the movie starts, she is going on a trip to visit his parents who live in a farmhouse and it's snowing. There's a blizzard, but they're driving just to visit his parents. It's this, you know, the next step of their relationship. And she is talking about how she's thinking of ending things. And it's not because he's not a nice guy. She just... Is something isn't there. Um, I mean, and we've all been in that situation where you are with someone or had been dating someone and you just don't like, I don't know. It's not, it's not that they're not a nice person and you don't enjoy their time. It's just not there. So as they're driving, she's kind of um, narrating her thoughts in her head and he is very cultured and he knows poetry and writers and art and that they're both very into the arts in general. And so they're talking about these things as they're driving. I will tell you that once they get to his parents' house, Nothing seemed to make sense. Everything is crazy. Um, his mom is played by Tony Collette, which I love. Um, because Hereditary is a movie. It takes a lot to mess me up. And Hereditary is a movie that kind of messed me up. So I love her. Um, and the dynamic that Jake and his mom specifically have during their dinner is so insanely intense and uncomfortable. And that would have been the straw that broke the camel's back for me, just in how he was reacting to his mother. Like it was not okay. And I don't know if maybe that says something about my issues with confrontation, but it's, super unnecessary confrontation. And I was just like, why would anyone like his mom was just, she's a little embarrassing. Um, but she obviously loves her son and anyone could see that, but he was getting so upset about it. And that made me uncomfortable. Um, there's some weird stuff that doesn't exactly get explained, but, it kind of makes sense in a movie like this that some of it's not going to make sense. And I feel like because I didn't realize one who directed it or what was going to go on, 
I really wasn't as focused as I should have been. And I feel like watching it a second time will actually be better for me. Um, but I haven't had a chance to do that. So I'm going to try to watch it a second time. I absolutely encourage anyone to watch this. Maybe pay better attention than I did. But it's very it's very good. Um, but I also am a little biased. I really do love... Kaufman's movies like I love being John Malkovich I was you know pretty young when that came out and that messed with me Eternal Sunshine the Spotless Mind broke my heart and this one made me feel like I might not be mentally okay <laughs> so I as a as a director he's he is wonderful at getting to you emotionally and mentally like at your core, it's it's definitely in this one too. Uh, those are the two movies that I, I chose to focus on. I've seen a couple other ones um, since the new year, but we're not really going to discuss those. Um, I did, at the beginning of the year, start playing a lot more games on Xbox, specifically thanks to Game Pass. And I will say that a couple of them were like really short games, which, you know, were whatever. But they don't take up a lot of space and it don't doesn't take a lot of time. So I, I was like, I could just play a game. I will tell you that Mitch suggested that I play What Remains of Edith Finch a couple of years ago. And I was just like, I don't know why the name made me think it was like a survival horror game, which I don't do. I love watching other people play those, but when I play them, I basically just throw the controller up in the air and freak out. I love horror everything. I love things that scare me, unless I am in charge of, like, pushing it forward. That that doesn't work for me. I'm like, no, thank you. You do it. So, one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to play this game. And so I downloaded it. And I was playing something else. Oh, I was playing, um, I had started Halo Infinite, which I decided to wait until I can do co-op campaign with my kids because there aren't a lot of games that we will all play together. But I'm kind of hoping that they will play that with me. So I'm, I'm saving the campaign for the, to do with them. So I was like, okay, I'll stop playing Halo Infinite and I'll just play this, this game. You know, he said it would be great. He said I would love it. He knows, you know, he knows me very well, so I'll just, I'll try it. I did not stop until it was done. And it, it took a couple of hours. It wasn't a very long game. But it is so beautiful. And the story, it's basically like reading an interactive book. Which, if anyone knows me, I obviously love books. Um... But visually, it's so pretty, and you can do different things. Now, in the beginning, because I didn't know that there weren't going to be jump scares, I didn't know that it wasn't like some sort of horror game, um, I basically was like, uh, I'm going to take things really slowly and see if, by some chance, 
if I open this door, something's going to jump at me. And nothing does. You can be calm. It's, it's just such a good story. And when everything starts to come together, uh, the, the, it's, it's heart wrenching and beautiful. And I feel like there's this possibility that they could make a new one just based on like continuing the story. But I mean, it's a small company. I don't think, you know, they're this huge thing, but, and obviously this game isn't new. Like it's been out several years, but if, if you like like story like games and I'm not going to say it's scary because it's not scary, but it's just like, and when I say it's like reading a book that's interactive, I don't mean it's like watching a movie. It's like an interactive storybook that is visual, which is completely different to me. Uh, definitely check this one out. It's called What Remains of Edith Finch. And it's on Game Pass still, I believe. Um, but I so fucking love this game. When As soon as I finished it, I sat here quietly in my room and I was like feeling some type of way. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Should I? I, sh- I kind of want to do it again. It was, it was that good. So definitely check that one out. Another one that I was kind of surprised that I even attempted to play was called Super Liminal. And it's a lot of uh, puzzle-like things where it's like optical illusions within the game. And to get to the next stage, you have to pass this optical illusion puzzle to get through a door. I will say my head started hurting because I am I am not a smart man. Um, not that's a Forrest Gump joke. I'm sure no one gets. But I played this for at least an hour and a half. Like, no lie, it was fun. I started to get a little frustrated. My head did start to hurt. And I was like, you know what? We're going to put this down. That is a problem that I have when I play games, though, is when I... It's, it's hyperfixation, thanks ADHD. I will play a game for a long period of time, and then when I put it down, I won't touch it potentially ever again. Um, and I haven't played this since the original night that I played it, but I really enjoyed it until it started to make me very frustrated. Um, and when I start going, I want to find the easy way out. Give me all the walkthrough then it's time for me to stop and I'll come back to it because I don't want the walkthrough. I don't want to cheat. And, and that's how my brain sees it. Um, especially on a game like this where you're having to use your mind to complete tasks and puzzles to get to the next stage. But it was fun and it is really pretty. It's a little frustrating. Definitely worth checking out. The last game that I want to discuss is um, it's called Lake. 
and it's very beautiful. Um, it is set in 1986, and the main character is this corporate businesswoman whose parents go out of town to Florida, and she is house-sitting for them in her childhood home in Oregon. There are several characters throughout the story that you interact with, and it's kind of like you choose specific things to happen, and that's where the story goes, like the choose-your-own story storybook thing but you're basically delivering mail because your father is a postman in this small town and while he's gone on vacation you are helping the post office deliver mail i cannot explain to you why delivering packages and mail to different places on a map was so relaxing to me I would go to work and deal with horrible people and then come home and deliver mail. And it was quiet. And there's this like really cheesy 80s country-ish radio station that plays in the mail truck. And you can turn it off. But then there are commercials on the radio station that tell, tell you about things in the town. So I left it on, and those those songs ended up getting stuck in my head. And I played this until I finished the game. And it's not a very long game, but, you know, when you're playing an hour or two, or an hour at a time, like, it seems like it goes on forever because you're just delivering mail. And then there are these bursts of story. Um, and the story is somewhat interesting I kind of would like to go back and make the opposite decisions to see how that story plays out um because at the end of the story you choose whether or not you go or stay and that's kind of alluded to from the beginning so I'm not really spoiling that at all but the details of why you would stay and give up your big city job like it's it's a cute game and you just deliver mail. <laughs> uh, some of the characters are super annoying. Some of them are super endearing. But overall, like, I think that if you've got some time to spare and you just want to do something that isn't going to be very intense or very not subliminal or super liminal and, you know, make your brain hurt then you should try this game. Um, it is set in Oregon in a, like, mountain town with a lake. And it's, the scenery is very pretty. Um, and you can take pictures within the game. It's, and some of them, I wish I could have, like, some of the pictures I took in this game. But I definitely think you should check that one out. Um, as far as now, so... I jumped back on the Destiny train, and last night I actually got to play um, some of the, what is it, the Dares of Eternity for Xur with three other friends, and it was the first time I've played online with people in, oh, maybe a year, I don't know, I haven't really played anything with people in a long time. 
Uh, shout out to Allie, who is on my other podcast, who is leaving me to dry by not playing Xbox with me. Um, hopefully you listen to this one and it hurts your feelings, so you play with me. Uh, but we had a super great time. I had forgotten how fun it was to play with people that you were actually communicating with. <laughs> because most of the time I'm just playing with randos. So obviously I'm back on my destiny kick because like I said, hyperfixation is real and I will play destiny until something pisses me off and I stop playing it. But it's kind of a go-to thing for me. It's relaxing. I don't know how else to explain it when you can just like shoot things and specifically for me, gambits, the, the relaxing thing. Um, it's because I don't have to think. I know it's like, muscle memory at this point but as far as other things I don't really have a whole lot lined up to play aside from Halo Infinite obviously and I still want to go back and revisit Assassin's Creed Valhalla just because I really love the Norse mythology and it's so pretty and fun but I think I just got a little overwhelmed and at the time it was, it was just, it was too much for me. Um, but I definitely want to go back and try that one again. The biggest thing is I know a few months ago, specifically September, I went a little crazy on books and I bought a lot, not to mention that pretty much Everyone who got me a birthday present bought me a book, or in Mitch's case, like several. So I have no more space on the bookshelf in the living room. Things are basically stacked. I have had to move other books into the bookshelf in the bedroom. Like, they're everywhere. I have a problem. It's an addiction. I, it's whatever. But I bought a lot of King titles that I hadn't read yet, or especially some of the King titles that are newer um, the Bill Hodges trilogy, the outsider, um, there's like a couple of smaller things that he's done recently that I didn't even know about that I purchased. Um, but I just finished the outsider. And the reason I chose to start with that one is because there's a series on HBO, uh, that, is about the book and I was really interested in watching it, but I am that person. I don't want to watch it until I read the book. Well, I just finished the book and I will tell you that King has written about some very dark subject matter before, uh, some really messed up things involving children. I don't typically have a hard time reading things. Some of the violence that is depicted in this book was hard for me to read. Maybe because it was directed towards kids. Um, maybe because it was so graphic. Let that be a warning. Um, and this is from someone... I Violence and graphic gore isn't an issue. In this it was. Um, so there were parts that I struggled to get through. And I just kind of... Had to push through. 
But I will tell you that it's it grows more and more interesting as you read it. Um, I had spoken, I think, I mean, I mentioned it, I got it last summer. The compilation of short stories called If It Bleeds, the story If It Bleeds included a character named Holly Gibney. Holly Gibney is also featured in this book, which makes me very happy because I love her. Um, I'm not going to, it doesn't, it's not like it's not typical Stephen King. Like it's definitely a King book, but I think because it is about something that is uh, not as widely understood, like we know about vampires and we know about werewolves, but kind of what they're discussing in the book isn't like common supernatural creature stuff or paranormal, whatever you want to call it. Um, so some of that was hard because it's not explained from the beginning. So it's not like something you already have a knowledge of, or at least I didn't have a very deep knowledge of it. Um, it was hard to start, but as I read, it got easier to read to the point where a couple of nights ago I was laying in bed. It's probably one o'clock in the morning and I typically try to go to sleep well before that. And I'm sitting here with this tiny light, as dim as I could possibly get it. It's like a clip-on book light because, you know, nerds need clip-on book lights. And I can't stop reading the book. So I will tell you that if it's hard to start the book, it gets to a point where you can't put it down. So definitely check out The Outsider. I'm going to start watching um, the series from HBO today so that next episode we can discuss that. But for the most part, I think that's all I had for this episode, which goes by really quickly if I'm by myself. <laughs> um, so I think for the next episode, I'll talk about a couple more games that I will check out on Game Pass. Uh, a couple of them have been suggested. I am not super excited because uh, they seem silly, but sometimes silly fun is the best fun. So we'll discuss that. Uh, Movie-wise, I am going into The Matrix. I don't know if I've mentioned before I had never watched any of The Matrix movies, which is really sad because I absolutely love Keanu Reeves. I have since I was a little kid, thanks to Bill and Ted. Like, I absolutely adore that man. So the fact that I've never seen The Matrix is kind of shocking to a lot of people because of that and because I have weird conspiracy theory beliefs. Um, so we'll be talking about that, including Resurrection, because, you know, yay, they made another one. So I don't think I have anything else other than The Matrix, watching The Outsider. I'm probably going to start another book, and hopefully 
I can finish a book in a couple weeks, maybe. We'll see about that. Uh, again, if you have any interest in witchy woohoo things, check out the Unsouthern Bells podcast. It is also available on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and if you have any interest in being a guest on this specific podcast to discuss video games, horror movies, books, any of the like, just reach out to me and uh, we'll see what we can do. And I think that's all I got. So thanks for checking out episode 18 of Hookzilla. And until next time, bye. This has been a Hookzilla production.